Welcome to the family with Andy Bram Bernard. Because Alex and Catherine aren't here yet, and either is Mike Bryant. So they're all on some other clock, man. I don't get it. But in any case, Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Hey, this Brian's up. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding planned. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock. Clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. We have a special guest coming up also in about 15 minutes, Andy Bombeck. Someone's here. Well, somebody just jumped in. It's Alex. Sounds like Alex. It is Alex. Mm-hmm. Long day, short years, a cultural history of modern parenting, Andy Bombeck. So it's a good thing that you showed up, Alex, because it started at 1030. It's 10.30. Yeah. That's so why we started. We started, started before 10.30. We started at like 10.29 and 45 seconds. See? Early. Oh, you have moms on. I had to pick up. Oh, yeah, I do. I was like, these feel weird. Okay. You're making it? Sorry. There I had to we pick are. Up, I had to pick up uh, Fawn's dance contract. Oh, so contract. she made it, huh? She made the team and they gave her a duet. Oh, oh my um, God. With the owner's son. Hmm. How old is the owner's son? But I don't know if she'll do that. Oh, really? You think she might go, is, and I'm not no, doing that? No, she really wants to, but this is not an inexpensive endeavor. No. There's yeah. a shot. My God. Ugh. Can't be that expensive. Ugh. It is. 
I'm not surprised. Everything's expensive. <laughs> well, that's true. Everything now is expensive. Yes. That's very, very true. Except well, for my new car that I just got from Walzer Automotive Group. <laughs> oh, we talked about it on the morning show this oh, did morning. You? Oh, yeah. Dougie called in, so we talked about you buying a car. And yep. Just got a Nissan Kicks. Kicks. I had never so, heard of it I, until, like, last week. I parked next to one this weekend. It's so tiny. It's, yeah. It's <laughs> a lot smaller than what we oh, have. You're in a... Yeah, if whoever sits in the passenger seat behind the car seat is going to be squished. Uh, yeah, the passenger seat, it's not about the passenger seat for us. Yeah, because I mean, just... Ethan's not going to be in the passenger seat for, what, eight years? So, no, you know. behind the car seat is what I'm saying, because the car seat is going to make you have to shove the front seat Oh, actually, seat no, up. surprisingly, it's got more legroom than our Rogue Sport. I don't think it's that small. Somehow, right, yeah, it has right more legroom. Well, that's like, if you look at, I have an Outback that I got from Walzer Automotive Group. Mm. Of course. And if you look at the Forester, the Forester looks bigger. But the Outback actually is bigger. Yeah, it all the depends on how they configure the space, yeah, I the guess. Yeah, the Forester sits up higher and it's taller, mm. but the Outback is shorter and longer. So there's a lot more legroom in it. Well, I mean, the Kicks is objectively, it's shorter and it, smaller yeah, than the like Rogue a tiny Sport, car, but, but it's just somehow the they made the front seats very. Sp- I think it's because the back seats are not spacious at all. Yeah, but that's fine because we use them for car seats and nothing else. Yeah, it's going to be many years until anyone's sitting back there. Well, and that's what yes. is that going to be Melissa's car? That's my car to drive to work because the gas mileage. I'm getting like 40 miles a gallon. Does it have four wheel drive? Uh, no. But if it's ever snowing really badly, I can just take the Rogue Sport. So there you go. True. We got it all covered. Not just a Rogue. It's a Rogue Sport. It is. It's (laughs) actually a completely different car. Really? I know. Oh. And they're phasing it out because no one knew what they were. And so no one bought them. Because everyone just bought a Rogue? Yep, pretty much. Because they thought they were just getting a Rogue? Yeah, it's not a trim level of a Rogue. It is its own thing. Oh, that's weird. Mm -hmm. That's like... The Land Rover, Range Rover. Oh, yeah. Like, there were Land Rovers, and then there was the Do they not do Range Land Rover, Rover anymore? Yeah, they still do. Oh, okay. I don't know if they still... Yeah, I think they still make Range Rovers. Oh, I have to take this call. I think. Okay. All right, I just... I'm, I'm looking at the headlines today, the news to be talking about. I'm surprised your mom's not here yet. What the hell yeah. is your mother? I don't know. So here are your headlines today. Judge to Lindsey Graham, you have to testify. On primary eve, different outlooks for Cheney Murkowski. Uh, police seek brother of ex-NFLer in fatal shooting. Iran has something to say about Rushdie attack. You are next. Cops investigate threat to J.K. Rowling. Is there any good news? Honest to God, is there ever uh, any good news anymore? I, yes, there is, just not on... On the news sites. Typical media, yeah. Yeah, I, it, it just, there's got to be some good news out there, I would think. Yes, right? there's definitely, definitely good news. One I wish I had so. my iPad. I need to start bringing my iPad here because that's what I have all of, I don't have social media on my phone. Right, good I move. It, I took it all off, but I have it on my iPad, so I should start bringing that here. So J.K. Rowling. So what's she do now? Is she anti-trans again? No, she didn't say anything about that. She said that she supported Salman Rushdie, though, because the guy's been shot. So she supports Salman Rushdie, and apparently she's been uh, threatened with death for doing that. Okay. You know, I kind of liked the Harry Potter stuff. I thought it was pretty good, didn't you think? Oh, yeah, Harry Potter was fantastic. Catherine decided to get here. Was it noon? What? Was it noon? 
Harry Let's Potter see. author J.K. Rowling expressed support online for Salman Rushdie after he was stabbed and received a death threat for her trouble. Now police in Scotland are investigating, reports The Hollywood Reporter. On Friday, Rowling tweeted, feeling very sick right now. Let him be okay. Upon hearing the news about Rushdie, a user with the handle at Mir Asif Aziz One replied, don't worry, you are next. Rowling called out on uh, Twitter on Saturday for allowing the reply to remain up. And the New York Times reports it was deleted and the account suspended on Sunday. So basically, that's all we do now is hate one another and threaten to kill one another. Is that, uh, is that where we're headed? Great. <clears throat> Pretty much the deal. Oh, you got Andy had to take a phone call. I parked next to Andy's car, by the way, Catherine. Is this me? Oh, I pressed the right button. Oh, look at you, big shot. Look at me, engineer. Engineer Catherine. I need a raise. I can do it all. Oh, my God. A raise from nothing. Yes, you and I would get a raise to $1 from nothing. So, you know, it'll all work out. It all works out. Uh, in any case, Twitter has not commented publicly, but Police Scotland uh, confirmed it is looking into the threat. Deadline reports that the suspended user had described himself in his Twitter bio as a student, social activist, political activist, and research activist. Okay, you activist three times. Get away from me. I think he's, I think he's an activist. I literally, if someone oh, said oh. that to me, I'd go, get away from me. If you're a three different <laughs> kinds of activists, I don't need to be near you. Well, he's probably a college student. Uh oh, Michael's here. Michael Bryant hey, came in. Good. I have a contract in front of me. Now there's a lawyer here. Oh, good. Into the parking lot. By who? By this guy who apparently wanted to challenge me because he claims I cut him off. Oh, road <gasps> rage? You had a road rage inc- yes, incident? So Fine. Fine. You know which Mike is, is Michael's? Uh, oh, no, well, not. it might say something. Okay, I'm the engineer now. Catherine's I'm the engineer. Buttons. Andy's um, on the phone. Yeah. Tyline guest. Maybe. Speak into the microphone. No, I'm just kidding. Speak. <laughs> no. You gotta raise it up. It's, no. it's Mike. It's Gelfand level. Yeah, it is Gelfand. Is that it? Nope. Okay. Hello. Guest. Guest. Hello. Oh, there there it is. Chief Engineer Catherine. Look at me oh, yeah. pressing buttons that are labeled. Okay, I want to hear all about this. So you're going down what? So 100 I'm, or what I'm, are you doing? I'm getting off of Minnetonka to get on 100. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this van, two lanes turn left. This van moves up and is way up in front. Which is fine. They're both turning left. We're waiting for traffic. So I go straight and to turn onto 100, and he's coming there, and then the two lanes go down to one. Okay? Yeah, so, right. So right. I think the person who's in the straight lane has the right-of-way, I think. I would think so. But somehow so. he thought he had the right-of-way to go in front of me. So he starts flipping me off and the whole thing and stuff, and I just put my hands up. I don't flip people off because I watch that guy get his fingers smashed oh, in the door when yeah. I was a teenager. That. I've never flipped anybody oh. off my whole life. <laughs> Because I'll bet you he has hand problems forever. So oh. then the guy follows me all the way here. Okay? All so the way I'm here. watching him follow me the whole way. So he can't be in a hurry. Because if he's in a hurry, why would he be following me? Exactly. So, so now he went so, from being in a hurry to nothing. So I park and I get out of the vehicle and I think he realized that guy's bigger than I thought he was. Yeah, right, exactly. So, so I get out and walk up to the car, and he's like, well, wh- why did you cut me off? I'm like, you were coming from the side. I had the right-of-way. I had the right-of-way. He's like, oh. I'm like, did you follow me? He goes, oh, no, bro. I have a meeting in this bro. building. No, I'm bro. I'm like, bullshit. Bro. <laughs> okay, bro. You bro shit. Drove on. So he's, he's probably <laughs> uh, smashing my car up on the parking lot. Oh, probably, man. Yeah. I hope there's <laughs> cameras out there. What, what a crap. I mean, it's like, Really? You know, and I think, and I told him, I said, if you came to talk about it, you can get out of the vehicle if you want. And I, that was like, nope. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'll just wait and I didn't here. I get out like a madman. I just got out. 
You know? I just don't understand people. I, I really do not understand people. Do you hear about this J.K. Rowling getting the death threat? Well, I know. You're next. Yeah, you're next, next, he said. And he's a political activist, a social activist, and a climate activist. Wow. He's three different kinds of activists. Boy. Wow. Activist for humanity, well, I guess. Uh, not. I knew some people that were in the front row or second to front row when Rushy got Oh, attacked. really? They, they actually watched it. Oh, yeah, wow. in New York. Uh, yeah, in New York. Good yeah. Lord. Jesus. Yeah. So. He got stabbed like 18 times or I know. something, somebody said. Yeah, but he's off life support, so he's doing good. Yeah, so that is he's good. He's doing better than Anne Hage. Holy to moly. That was died. sad. She's, oh, she's dead, right? Yeah, she's, she's dead. dead. Yeah. yeah, brain dead. Yeah. Well, I guess she now? had a lot of um, burns, too, and smoke oh, inhalation. Well, they took 60 minutes or something like that. To get her out of... That's not great. She started the house on fire by yeah, running into did. it at 100 miles an hour. Oh, she wow. had fentanyl in her system and some other stuff. Was it oh, suicide? Goodness. It seems like it was crazy suicide. Way to commit I think, suicide. Well, though. according it to is, Kristen, she had a ton of mental health issues in yeah. the first yeah. place. Uh, she always had uh, anxiety. And, yeah, and unfortunately was doing... Whatever, it's fentanyl and some other thing. I think it turns into an eight ball or I don't know. I don't know okay. the drug. I don't know eight what the drug cocaine. thing is. I know that from L.A. Nick. No. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, you know apparently she's had substance use little, issues yeah. and health, <laughs> mental health issues, and she's just a big old mess. And what, I mean, I've, it, that's terrible. It's terrible that she's had mental health issues, but it's also terrible that she chose to do a bunch of drugs and get behind a wheel right, yeah. and run into somebody's yeah, house. Yeah, that was not a good thing. They, they the, the woman and the two kids got out okay, but their house is destroyed. Mm. And they were talking about giving her this walk of he heroes or something, the health care workers at the hospital. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh. Mm. Given who the walk of? Ann. Yeah, what's that? She I, was drunk and ran into something. You know that the woman, by the way, may not get a dime for her running into her house. Why wouldn't she? The insurance companies say they're not paying for it. Well, but she's got homeowners, doesn't she? I would think. And, and, Unless she ended up right. And if a car runs into your vehicle, you got liability. She just needs to call somebody. Well, she can also sue Ann Hedges' estate. There's yeah. plenty of money there, I'm sure. Oh, who knows? I, I don't know if she's, does she got a lot of money? I don't know if she does or not. I don't know either. I don't know. Enough to build a house. <laughs> Enough to build a house. Well, there I just, go. yeah, it's just, you know, I still think that even if you have mental health issues, you still have to have some personal accountability to yeah. not do things like right. this. Mm. But I no, don't that's know. very true. Uh, so so far today. Uh, Catherine has been the chief engineer. So yeah, that was pressed good. two buttons. I know. Andy <laughs> came in and looked at the board and was like, hey, <laughs> like somebody else can press the button. No, no, I did the electrocution thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is that. And basically, I looked at all the news headlines. We have a special guest coming up in about three minutes, yes, but I looked do. at some uh, headlines. Everything sucks today in the mm -hmm. news. Everything's horrible. Everybody's horrible. Uh, I just got a call from New York. Do you think they're trying to call me the guest? Instead I of you? don't know why they would. Okay. I you have their number, so I'm calling them. So. Oh, let me see who called. I got a call from New York earlier. It was it was seeing if I wanted to increase my uh, coverage on my car. Yeah. yeah. They've been trying to contact you about your car's extended warranty. Yeah. 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 Extended warranty calls. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, you guys are looking. I'll read this. Yeah. Golf just became much more difficult at two courses in southern France. Environmental activists, more active, a lot of activists in the news. A lot of activists in the news plugged holes with cement. They poured cement into the golf holes on a golf course. Hmm. Reports the BBC. Well, it's dirt, so it's not like... No, cement. Well, but 
There's a cup. It, they oh, you mean just the lift it out? Yeah, so they do. Yeah, that's true. Not like <laughs> it literally just takes a post hole digger about <laughs> no, that's true. 10 right. seconds to make a new one. Yeah, thinking that's that they could real. pull that out. I know, that's true. It's like, that's not always the hole. What are you doing? A group known as Extinction Rebellion claimed responsibility, saying it makes no sense that golf courses get an exemption from watering amid a severe drought. The activists say the exemption shows that economic madness takes precedence over ecological reason. Yeah, you definitely, your economic madness is going on worldwide right now. They further denounce golf as a leisure industry for the most privileged. Yeah, you don't play anymore. I don't play anymore. You learned that a long time ago, that it's a a leisure industry for the most privileged. There are people that have that view on golf, that... Golf is yeah. is truly. I mean, is all bankers and all rich people and all no. you know. I mean, well, I mean, it probably was a hundred years with ago. The answer, I agree, but there are people that have that view on golf. Well, they're wrong. A, well, <laughs> well, look, when I we were poor as a son bitch, I used to go over to Theater Worth and play the par mm-hmm. three, and we had zero money. Yeah, there's th- there are different levels of golf. I agree, but I'm just telling you that there is a whole percentage that the way they look at golf. Is anyone happy? Is what I'd like to. So I want to go golfing, but I can't because you're not happy. Well, why wouldn't you golf? If you want to golf, go well, golf. But I'm just saying I don't want to have Quit. to hit somebody in the head with my nine. You're not going to golf because somebody in France is putting cement in holes. <laughs> I'm never golfing again. Like pull him. it out, they put the plug back in, and it's done. I know. <laughs> so you take it out. You take out the, the cement. And you put the hole somewhere else, and then that heals up, and you'll, nobody will ever know what happened. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Cast, Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dance Outside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit. Ask for details when you visit the store. Alumacraft Fishing Boats, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou Pontoons, all powered by Suzuki Outboards, are in stock now with new boats arriving daily. Dan Southside Marine is located just six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington, or shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses. Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business. When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop. We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come. Tom here. If you want a family business like me or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. 
I know them and trust them with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy. Well, let's not get crazy, Brad. Seriously. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender? You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. We got Andy Bombeck on the phone. Andy, how are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for, for calling me. You know what I get to do, Andy, because our son, the chief engineer on the show, his name is Andy. I can do the old uh, Andy Griffith show thing. Mm-hmm. Andy, Andy, Andy. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, maybe maybe I'll let him answer some of the questions. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Andy Bombeck and Andy Bernard. They can well, I am a parent. So. Is he quiet yeah. for everybody or? No, he's not too oh, quiet. Because on mine, he's super quiet. So. Really? Mm-hmm. Got a little volume on the one side of your headphones. Right. Oh, that's that right. Oh, yeah. Jesus, Palomino. <laughs> Andy Bombeck, what am I supposed to do with these people in yeah, the studio? That's right, Explain that's it to me. It sounds like you guys are having a great time. We are indeed. Andy Bombeck, ladies and gentlemen, the book is called Long Days, Short Years, A Cultural History of Modern Parenting, How Parenting Became a Verb, from Dr. Spock and June Cleaver to Baby Whispering and Free Range Kids. We have a couple of parents with us. Our son, Andy, has a son, and our daughter, Alex, has a daughter and a son. So we got got kids ranging in age from nine or ten months to six years. So, Andy, this is a very, very important call for us. I'm just telling okay. you. Well, I'll try my best to, uh, to to give some give some advice. You know, I got to be honest with you too, I, and I talk about this quite openly all the time. Uh, Catherine, this is a family podcast. All of, all the members of the family are here, and Michael Bryan, family friend, is with us as well. But um, <clears throat> you know, I got to be honest with you. I love being married. I love having children. I love having grandchildren. I just don't. Uh, who wouldn't want to be a parent? If you could be a parent, why wouldn't you want to be a parent? I love it. Oh, I, I think everybody who uh, becomes a parent or tries to become a parent, uh, we all do it with the best intentions, and we all do it expecting that we're going to, to love it as unconditionally as we love our kids. So the idea is that we'll, we'll, we'll never complain about the job or the roles that are expected of parents. But what I you know found in my own life as a parent it wasn't that I didn't love being a parent. It wasn't that I didn't live to be a parent. It was mm-hmm. just that I found it so, I found it so hard. Yep. And I was just surprised by how much harder it was and how how much worse I was doing at, at being a parent than I thought I'd be. I always thought I'd be like I always thought I'd be this amazing parent and I, we you know, we already had two small kids and the third one was on the way and my wife looked at me and she was like, You're not doing a great job. Ooh, wow. You need, Ooh, you, need, you need to you need to improve. And that sort of started me on the process of uh of writing this book. So, you know, my son was just asking me, how long, are you, how long did you work on the book? And I said, you know, it's exactly about five years ago because this one was still in the belly um, when I started working on this. But what I didn't tell him was that his mom was the one who prompted me to work on it. Well, I'll see. It came out eventually, though, so you were okay. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I improved. And I think working on this book really helped me improve. And that's sort of, you know, when people, you know, it's not really an advice book. You know, I very clearly say, from the beginning of the book, this is not a uh, how-to book, but a how-come book. It's really 
a way of trying to figure out why parenting has become so difficult and challenging for parents of my generation or especially parents like me. But um, I did learn a lot by, by researching this, the subject matter and really just diving deep into as many parenting books as I could find and, and digest. I, I do feel like I came out at the end a better parent than I was uh, when I started. So your book charts the cultural history of parenting as a skill to be mastered from the laid back mm-hmm. Dr. Spock's 1950s child care Bible. When you did this research, did you ever did you come up with any conclusions on which which generation or methodology made for happier kids or parents? Um, well, happier is sort of a relative a relative <laughs> term. Well, that's yeah. true. Um, but, I, but I do think the current generation of parents may be the most unhappy generation of parents. In the very least, this current generation of parents is the most transparent and the most honest about their unhappiness. Like, they, they, they are much more willing to share how difficult it is to be a parent. And I, you know, I'm sure parents in you know, the generation before me and the generation before that found, it, found the job challenging and found it hard, and they had a lot of the unique challenges that parents say don't have to deal with, you know, things like um, you know, basic things like health that, you know, that we now take for granted. But I think the current generation of parents is, is dealing with a very unique set of struggles, and they're also much more open about how difficult the job is. So, um, you know, you can go on social media and you can see some really glorified images of parenting that, in my opinion, are a little bit overproduced and a little bit manufactured. But you can also go on social media and just see a litany of parents saying how hard their day was, how frustrated they are with parenting, and just, you know, have their, you know, feel like ripping their hair out. Someone, someone I just know tweeted out, um, you know, I feel like I clean my house twice a day and my house is always dirty. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's <laughs> very it's true. Like, very, it's like just these honest assessments of how difficult it is to be to have kids around, uh, I think, is a relatively modern phenomenon. Well, it's, it's interesting to me because I grew up in a family where it's like if we stayed out of the way and followed the rules, we were fine. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. was that was like all the expectation. Just go outside and play, get out, you know, be home for dinner. And we didn't have eight billion toys to make a mess out of the house. Now, oh, I totally agree. You know, I remember growing up, we would be sent outside and you know come back for lunch, come back for dinner, and and that's about it. And you would think that now there's so many resources that parents have for kids. You know, we can take them to indoor playgrounds. We can take them to these brand new play, you know, outdoor playgrounds that have, you know, super safe slides and swings. We have, you know, special little restaurants that are catered only to families. We have library stores. I mean, there's an overabundance of opportunities that appear to make your life easier as a parent, but they paradoxically can make it harder because you feel like if you're not taking advantage of them, you're not doing a good job. So if you just let your kids sort of play around the house or play in the backyard all day and you didn't take advantage of the library story hour or the foreign language lesson that's being offered at this place or the music lessons at this place or the sports activity, that if you're not sort of doing this concerted cultivation of your kids and and utilizing all the resources that are available to sort of optimize their childhood experience, maybe you're just being lazy or just not doing a good job as a parent. I think that's a really hard thing to swallow as, as someone who, you know, Again, if, you, if you're a parent now, you grew up having that kind of freedom as a kid, and now you're sort of taking it away from your kids. And it's, it, it makes the job really struggle, really challenging for parents. 
Well, but isn't it a product of they have the stuff because we didn't have the stuff as kids? I think and, so, a lot of the time. Yeah, and that we are doing more things with them because our parents didn't do stuff with us. Yep. And then they may get to the point that they don't like it and flip it back mm-hmm. when they become parents. But it's more yeah. of a it's more of a, a layering that goes on because of what happened in the past. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm sure every generation of parents sort of looks back at their parents and says, this is what they did well, I'll do that. This is what they didn't do well, I'll avoid that. But parents today, in general, are older than parents were 40 yeah, or 50 oh, yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, and the older you are, the more distance you have from that childhood and the more time you have to really critically evaluate your own parents and, and sort of get this idea that, like, I'm going to really do it differently now that I'm now that I'm in charge. And so the older you are as a parent, you know, the more resources you have because you've had some time to accumulate resources, and the more distance you have from your own childhood, the more you're going to likely do it differently than your parents. And, and sometimes it's almost like the M.O. of, of parents today is to do it differently from the, from the way their parents did. You know, my parents never gave, gave me 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week attention. I'm going to do the exact opposite because I'm going to show them I can do it differently, and, and I, I have the opportunity to do it differently now that I'm a parent. And then also family sizes are smaller now. So yes, I grew up, yes. you know, I, I had three brothers, so we were a family <laughs> of four, four boys. I, I barely knew any kids who were only children and now a lot of my kids' friends, if they have more than, if, if a family has more than two kids, you know, you, all of a sudden you think like, wow, I can't believe how big these families are. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like, we have three kids, and someone said to me, like, three is the upper limit of sanity. But, like, when I was growing up, it was pretty common for families to have three and four kids. So the smaller the family size, again, it's this idea that parents are like, I'm going to do it so well because I have an even smaller family than my parents dealt with. I should be I should be acing this test of parenting. And it's a test that you really can't ace. I mean that's one of the biggest takeaways I got as I did this work was you can't you can't master the skill. You can't you can't become uh, you know the perfect parent because that doesn't really exist. Well but it's also a product of what you end up with too. I mean if your kid ends up with values and ends up with, you know, some belief that they want to do better. And I mean, that's kind of what you do is you try to pass that along. That's, that's winning. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think if you, if you really sort of boil it down to what you should be trying to do as a parent, it's exactly that. The, 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 the goal is that when, when your kids finally leave you, they are good people. They have good values they're, they're, they have they can care for people they can they can have strong relationships with other people you know everything that you're sort of saying about values is should be the the, the core principle of parenting and I think fortunately there are a lot of parents who, who sort of follow that uh, trend but there's also this you know real pressure on parents that yes I want them to be good people but I need them to also get into top to a top college they need oh, to be able to yeah. get a great job when they leave that top college they need to be financially secure they need to be you know the, the best version of themselves and that's also my responsibility as a parent and i think that sort of anxiety of you know am i preparing them for a future world that you know to be honest you know the future isn't as bright <laughs> as it might have seemed you know like we're, we're passing along to our kids a world that's going to have a lot more economic anxiety uh, insecurity yeah. that's that's that you know is going to be dealing with a lot more you know issues like climate change and um, 
social disparity. So, you know, this idea, like, am I really preparing my kids for that world? Um, You know, I think focusing on their values is probably the best type of preparation for that. But a lot of parents, I think, are feeling that it's not just about value. They need to have sort of like the perfect skill set and CV and sort of armamentarium of, of, of expertise to, to be able to, to survive in the world that, that they're going to inherit. And that puts a lot of pressure on parents. One of our listeners named Melissa <coughs> would, like to, <laughs> would like to know if you think uh, parent shaming is more prevalent now than in the past. Parent shaming? Parent shaming? That's oh, a big that, thing on social is, media. Yeah, parent, shaming, oh. parent shaming is a big thing, and parent <laughs> shaming is much worse. It's much worse now than it was in the past. So oh, in the past, there was parent shaming, but it was generally like a vertical model. Like parents would get shamed by, by the grandparents. Yeah, yeah. Like absolutely. The, in-laws, the in-laws would shame you. Right. Or maybe their neighbors, but it was really all within the house. Now, because of social media, um, you're getting parent shamed from all corners. As I, say, I sort of use this term, it's like a heliotropic version of parent shaming, where you're at the middle and all around you are people that can parent shame you. And they're, they're from within your own generation. So it used mm-hmm. to be very unusual for parents to shame other parents within the same, within the same generation. It would be more... You know, when I was raising kids, this is how we did it. But now, you know, parents will say, like, you shouldn't be feeding your kid that or Mm -hmm. you should make sure your kid signed up for this. Or, you know, we went to we went on this vacation. It was amazing. Why didn't you take your kids to that vacation? So I think social media is sort of like a virtual marketplace of parent shaming. Huh. I I know, Alex, when you were when you had your first baby, you were on a lot of different Facebook pages. Terrible idea. Yeah. Terrible idea. I know. I would, and when I you were talking about it, against. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say anything because this is the modern world, and mm-hmm. I don't want to seem like an old fuddy well, duddy. Well, the thing to me but... was, I was the first of my friends to have children. Right. I didn't have any. Oh, when I dealt with this, that is true, oh, yeah. I didn't have anybody to ask, and so then I went on Facebook and went on mom, a mom Facebook group because I was like. I don't know if anybody's seen this rash before, and you can post pictures of, you know, whatever. Yeah, everything this, is the baby's you know, going to die in a week. And that's, But that's the thing. <laughs> it's like it's it's, true. you have random people posting. You have panicked moms. Mm-hmm. You have, like, hypochondriac moms. You have super mellow moms. You have moms that don't care about anything. There's just, like, such a wide variety. So sure. it's like when you have friends that have kids – you kind of know the advice that you're going to get is going to be. You can like attenuate it based on how they are. Yeah. Like if they freak out about little things, exactly. then, then you like, know to say like, okay, maybe they're just making a big yes, deal. Yes, but this. if you just ask the void that is Facebook, mm-hmm. you're just going to get every possible reaction, and it's really not helpful, and it kind of makes things worse. Like I remember Fawn is my daughter, who's now six. She sucks her fingers. Has since oh, she no, was like really. six months old. No, <laughs> Still does. Still There's does. research that shows yeah. she'll be a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had like this little white bump that was really red and kind of angry for a little bit on her finger. And I'm the type of parent with that kind of stuff. I am like, eh, it'll be fine for a while. Yeah. I'm like, meh. No need to worry. Well, and I've I think friend... one of the yeah, I think one of the sort of really sort of conundrums of modern parenting is that who you get advice from has changed. You know, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. in the old in the older days, um, you, know, you would ask your own parents for advice. 
you might ask your, your pediatrician for advice, maybe ask the teacher for advice, maybe a clergy person for advice if it's sort of uh, a value question. But now, like you're saying, you like you go on the Internet, you don't even know who the people are that are giving you yeah. advice, you know. You go on like a mommy blog and it's like, oh, yeah, this is the cure for diaper rash, but, it's, you know, what, what, what is the credentials of the author? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then even when you go to some of the advice books now, they're being written by people who don't even have kids, who are not involved in child rearing. They're, they're game theorists, they're economists, they're travel writers. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's uh, this whole slew of people who are sort of positioning themselves as parenting experts who really um, wouldn't have the kind of credentials that um, people 50, 60 years ago would have even thought to listen to them. I make a joke in the book that if you told my mom how, you know, if my mom said, how am I going to get my four boys to stop fighting with each other? And someone said, oh, you need to read about game theory and speak to a, you know, a, a sociology professor at the local university. My mom would have thought you're crazy. But, like, there's a whole book now, the game theory guide to, you know, uh, raising kids. What the hell is game seller. theory? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? What's game theory? I don't even know what this is. It's the idea of just sort of pitting people's personal motives against each other. So, like, oh. an example would be if two kids are fighting over who gets to play the video game first, you, you sort of say, okay, we're going to have an auction. Who's willing to, to pay more to play the video game first? And, and the payment is in the form of, like, household chores. And so it's like oh. you sort of get – but it's like – I mean, like, so it's sort of a parenting tip, and it feels like it would work, but it's also just, like – it goes against like the idea that like maybe we should just talk to the kids about why are you guys fighting like why why can't you figure out a way amongst yourselves to share without resorting to sort of an economics model yeah that's a very very bf skinner way to approach uh raising children it feels very clinical you yeah. mean the game theory yeah yeah i like my friend Lindsay's way Whenever her kids fought, she said, you have to go outside and run around the house five times. Mm. <laughs> Didn't matter if it was 20 below. <laughs> yeah. Tire them out? Yeah, I, mean, I, I would say the best, the best piece of advice I got about parenting is from someone who really is a parenting expert. And she told me um, the best punishment for kids is you just, got, you just make them talk. Kids never want to talk. If you can just sit them down and just get, get them talking. That's the way to really, quote unquote, punish them. You clearly and haven't you met get, my children. Get, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they like to talk. They yeah. do like to talk. They like to talk. They like to talk about their feelings. Not about the new Spider Man movie, oh, but no. they're talking about their feelings. My kids love talking about their feelings. Mm. Oh, yes, they do. But I'm their mother. And yeah. But then you're, doing, then you're doing a great job because Thank if you. they're sharing how they feel, that's the first step to getting them to, th- to sort of consider how other people feel. And I think that is a core value of parenting. Well, that's. I've. I'm a very emotional person, and so I've tried to do a good job about having them talk about their emotions. And yeah, like my four-year-old son will be like, I'm feeling really jealous and stuff like that. And I'm like, yes. Every time he <laughs> names his emotion, I'm like, I'm doing it right. But he still whacks his sister. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, that's just four-year-olds are going to do yeah, that. That's true. Uncle Al used to have a big arthritic knuckle that used to just whack you in the head. Oh, and it used arthritic to just kind of stun knuckle. you. Wow. used to stun you, and that would end the fight. <laughs> so, you know, it was a different parodying style. Yeah, you know? that's for sure. Andy, I have to ask you a complete completely different question it's about it's kind of a generational thing um for me i grew up a nice catholic boy in a family of seven kids my father was gone by the time i was seven years old so what happened to me when i got married and then had two children and now have three grandchildren i have a problem looking back at my childhood that i carry over and that is 
let's say I'm sitting down with someone and they're messing with me. They're trying to screw me over on something or they're doing this or they're doing that. Yeah, just being a pain in the ass. But, yeah, trying to screw me out of money or this or that and the other thing. I literally get to the point, I get very upset, and I say, you have to understand something. It's not just me. It's my wife, my son, my daughter, my grandkids, and you're screwing with them. This is not going to go well for you. Uh, is that is that common? Because I get very upset when I look at them messing with my children and my grandchildren or my wife. I don't like that. No, I think that idea of sort of being a protector of your family is very natural. And, again, I think that goes to why you know, we, people feel so strongly about parenting and, and feel so strongly when people try to criticize their parenting because everybody's, right. everybody's intentions are exactly what you're saying. Like, your intention is I, wanna, I want my kids to have everything. I want my family to have everything, and I want them to be as you know, happy and, and, and content as possible. And when you hear people sort of say, but you forgot to take them to Disney World this year, or I can't believe you didn't throw, you, I can't believe you didn't throw them a birthday party um, with 30 kids, or um, you know, you really don't subscribe to Disney Plus, you know, like all these, oh. like all these things, that, all these things that get thrown at you. Um, sort of, you're right. They're like little like m- m- wounds to your to your to your psyche because yes. you, you know deep down you, you want everything for your kids, and that sort of judgment feels so. Uh, harsh uh, when when you're when you have such when you have so much skin in the game. You know, Andy, I tell my wife every day that I love her dearly. We tell our son Andy and our daughter Alex. We tell our grandkids we love them every day. And I talk to them about this, that, and the other thing. And yesterday, Alex is over at the house with her daughter and her son. Her son is four years old. And I'm talking to him about, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I just explained to you how much it means to me to protect them and all the rest of it. He looks up at me and says, and I quote, he's four years old, looks up to me and says, I'm bored with you. (laughs) (laughs) What is that, Andy? That's not how that happened. It is, too. No, you weren't sitting there expressing your devotion and love to him. I was, yeah. You were playing a game, and then he said, I want to go home. And I said, why? And he said, I'm bored with Bob Bob. <laughs> well, remember, he did share his feelings, so we give him credit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's true. Boom. Oh, and another one he said was, uh, "I said, oh, Sage, you are just wonderful in every way." And he says, "I know." <laughs> so, Andy, you know, the, the, these stories, though, I mean, that you're sharing, like the, the sort of the underlying theme, though, is that everybody does seem really happy and seems like they're enjoying each other's company, and you know. You'd rather your grandson be comfortable saying that rather than just be petrified of you and not want to say anything. Oh, yeah. So yes. I, yes, I think you clearly, you clearly created an environment where they feel comfortable saying stuff like that. I mean, yesterday I was, in the, I was at the beach with my kids and my, my brother and my daughter, who's 10, almost 11. We were, we were boogie boarding, and she goes, can you go get, you know, Uncle Mark because he's cooler than you. <laughs> there you go. It's exactly and what I'm like, talking okay. about. Okay. <laughs> sure. And, yeah. uh, and so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll swim back in and go send him out and let him be the one who worries about you drowning in the middle of the ocean. I also think one of the things you just said is, is really important is the job of raising kids is so hard today that you need to have more than just mom and dad or mom and mom and dad and dad. Yeah. You, know, you need to have more than just the parents involved. The more people you have involved, 
the easier it is to, to raise kids. So if you have great uncles and aunts and great grandparents, that makes the job so much easier. If you have great help, whether it's daycare instructors, babysitters, teachers, after school and you know uh, instructors, all these people who really do have your kids' best interests at heart and who really have the kind of values that you have, if you can sort of form a circle of like eight or nine people, for us, I also include our next door neighbor. Like she, she's my wife and I always joke like. If she could raise our kids, they would turn out so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a nice so, touch. You know, it's like all these people that you know are really good people and really have your kids' best interests at heart. They sort of form a circle around your kids that help you raise them, and that that's crucial to try to try to survive in the modern parenting landscape. You know, I, I there are things that I don't understand about. I'll never understand the people that don't you know don't love their spouse. They don't love their kids. They don't love their grandkids. They get this. Uh, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Alex, as I said, as a six and a four year old, I adore them. There's no question. Andy has a nine and a half month old son. And when I walk in the room and he looks at me and smiles, you know how much that means to me that a nine and a half month old baby is so happy to see me. That's huge yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, there's nothing better than that. And that's sort of the, the whole thing about being a parent is that you those moments sustain you. And those moments really are the types of things that sometimes as a parent who's so overwhelmed, you can lose that perspective. You know what? I read a sleep book recently to help me with my, with my four-year-old and it was like a 300 page book. And there were really only two things I took out of the 300 page book. The first thing was, you know, uh, you know, write them a bedtime story yourself. So like make a little book about their bedtime routine. Mm -hmm. And that worked really well. But the second thing they said is if you have those kinds of kids that require you to be in the room for like 30 or 60 minutes to help them fall asleep, just think about, how great it is that you have those 30 to 60 minutes with them every night oh, because yeah. when they're when they're teenagers they will never let you stay in their room for 30 to 60 minutes they won't even let you oh, touch yeah, them i have i have a four-year-old that's always had a difficult time sleeping on his own since birth and he's yeah now four years old still wakes up almost every single night needing help has to have somebody to lay with him right. to sleep. And for such a long time, I was like, I paid sleep consultants, I read books, I was reading blogs. Like, I was just like, I have to get him to sleep on his own. Cause it was like, this, my daughter who's six has always been a very independent sleeper and really likes her time sleeping. And I never had to think about it. But then with him, everybody, is he sleeping yet? How is he sleeping? Is he sleeping through the night? How's his sleep? Asking me constantly. And so then I got this like, I have to make sure he sleeps alone. And I made myself sick about it almost. And then I kind of actually sat down and thought, do I care if he's sleeping by himself? Do I care if he wakes up in the night? I don't. And like you said, I thought about this isn't going to be forever. And and he's never going to want me to lay with him for, you know, some age he's going to stop. You have excellent perspective, but not all parents are able to sort of get to that perspective on their own. And and the problem is that we problematize things that are pretty natural. Like it, like one of the one of the things that Sleepwork said is that more kids than than not have sleep issues. So it's not even really a problem mm-hmm. if the majority of kids have it. But everybody problematizes it, and so like you said, it's asked like, oh, how they're sleeping? Like, how's it going? Like, you can't yeah. be in the room. And these are sort of natural parts of of, of being a child. 
And when you put a label on it, like you say, okay, my son has a sleep disorder, or my son has separation issues, it takes away from sort of the autonomy of the parent, where the, you know, the, you, 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 you have a right to say, no, he doesn't have a sleep problem, and he doesn't have separation yeah. issues. He's just like a normal kid who's just having some, you know, wants his m- mom or dad in the room with him when he's falling asleep, you know. So all these things where, you know, there's this rush to put labels on it and, you know, this sort of pressure like, oh, sleep issues? Why don't you hire this sleep coach or this mm-hmm. sleep consultant or read these 20 books to sleep or buy this meditation app or, you know, like all these things that, you know, at, at, at its core, these are things, like I said, I don't think parents 50 or 60 years ago you know, we're, we're hiring sleep consultants because no. those, yeah. those sort of labels. <laughs> getting and, sleep yeah. Consultant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I can't see sleep my mother. Consult- get- the sleep consultant was a little bit of whiskey on the finger, right? Put it in the, put it in the kid's mouth to help with their teething and then they would sleep. I still but recommend it. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I think there, it's, um, it's, it's become a real problem that we, we, put all these labels and really problematize issues that are probably part of just normal childhood. So when you do that, it sort of puts parents in an uncomfortable position by calling it a problem, then a parent has to feel like they they need to come up with a quick fix. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things, too, that there's so much money in baby and child sleep. Oh, God, there sure is. The sleep sack, the sound machines, the... Whatever, there's so many. These special pajamas. Mm-hmm. This special, special pajamas? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they got special pajamas. Oh, yeah, that have like a little weight <laughs> on the chest because then it feels like your hand is on their oh, chest. And all this stuff. And then like special dolls that make heartbeat and breathing sounds. And th- it's, there's so much money in child sleep. And, oh, and it's, it's like, you know, been... a toy is, you know, for like a, you know, six, seven year old child is going to be $5. But for a baby, it's. You know, fifty dollars because it's been uh, the APA has looked at yeah. it and, and it's made sure that it's good for babies and it won't kill them when they touch for it. Their development for yep. X Y Z and it's just like you mm-hmm. know what babies love, just like some ribbon. Oh yeah. Sometimes <laughs> like, he's, yeah. he's bored. The other day I gave him one of those paper bowls on the counter there, exactly, and he was perfectly happy for twenty minutes. He People. loves it. He was like, yeah. hell yeah, paper bowl. Yeah, fantastic. So, Andy Bombeck, I, I have to ask you a question. We, as a society, have gotten much better, I think, in expressing our feelings to one another. And the reason I even bring that up, because uh, I think we have, um, my mother's 62nd birthday. I went and bought her a bunch of roses. This is, God, 40 years ago now, right? Because she'd be 102 now or 101 or something. But in any case, I bought her 62 roses had them delivered to her house, and she was all excited about that and thought it was just fantastic. And so I went over to see her, and as I was leaving, I gave her a hug and said, Mom, I love you. And she paused and said, you know you're the first person that's ever told me that? Mm. I couldn't believe it. Her, mm. her parents never did. Brother, she had two brothers. She had my dad. Nobody had ever told her they loved her before. Was that that World War II generation thing, Andy? I, I mean, I do think that, uh, again, this is a good trend. Uh, yeah. Because I think yes. a, lot of, a lot of the trends that I talk about in the book are sort of, you know, worrisome trends or anxiety-inducing trends. But one of the good trends is that over the last, you know, 60 or so years, um, we, as, a, as a society, we have gotten more in touch with our emotions. Yes. We, we have realized that sharing our emotions are really the key to sort of making connections with people and feeling like we're part of a of productive relationships. And I do think this is 
you know, an important part of all the parenting books that I've read put that, you know, put a big emphasis on that, that, you know, make sure your children know that sharing their feelings and sharing their emotions, both good and bad, whether it's on board with you, Grandpa, or I love you, Grandpa, um, are, are important things for them to be able to, to feel yes. comfortable sharing. And, you know, one of the things that we tell our kids when they're fighting is, you know, like, you, you have every right to be upset with your sibling. Like, I would be furious, too, if they, you know, at, you know ripped up my, my homework. So you have every right for you, to your feelings, but you do not have a right to act on your feelings. I think those are sort of, that's sort of where the, where the parenting comes in. Um, you know, so you have a right to, to your feelings. You could even say to your brother, you got me so upset. I wish I could slap you as hard as I can. <laughs> but you do not have a right to actually do that action. Right. So you have every right to share your feelings, but you do not have a right to, to, to act upon that. And that's sort of the, to me, sort of the, 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 the goal of, of parenting is to get your kids to really feel comfortable sharing how they feel so that it's not a surprise to, you know, to them, you know, later in life to hear someone say, you know, no one's ever told me I love you. Like, you want your kids to grow up in, in an environment where people are really open about yes. how they're feeling. Yes. Well, our son Andy, who's sitting there at the table with us now, changed that forever because when he was, I believe, about four years old, I, I don't remember what we were doing, but I went over and I picked him up and I said, you know, Andy? And he goes, yeah, I know, you love me. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I'm bored with that, Dad. Didn't Fawn say something like that to him one day? Oh, she says it all the time. Yeah. How come you tell me you love me a million times a day? It's just kind of what we do. It's kind of what we do. Kids don't understand. I mean, she tells me she loves me like 20 times a day. I left on a run, and she knocks on the window, and she comes on the deck, and she's like, I need to hug you. And so I run down. (laughs) She runs down the deck stairs and hugs me, and she's like, please only be gone for a short time. When my daughter was in in kindergarten or first grade, she had to do this project about me for Father's Day, and it was like all like my dad's favorite food, my dad's favorite you know television show, and then one thing was my dad's favorite saying, and it this the the what she thought was my favorite saying was, I always love you even when I'm angry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's true though. That is true. I wonder what the teachers must think of me. (laughs) I always love you even when I'm angry. Like that's my favorite thing. Um, it's like in some respects it's good, but it's in other respects it's like, wow, how often is this dad angry? You know what's so great but about that was this? Before I started working on the book and started doing all the improvements. Right, I understand. We, um, you know, we call this the family podcast. You know, it's Tom Bernard podcast because I do a local morning show as well. So whatever, but, but I mean that's why we call it this family family podcast. Is a you know. A mom and a dad or whatever. And it has nothing to do with it. if there's two moms or two dads. That's not what I'm talking about. But in this particular family, there's a mom and a dad. There's a son. There's a daughter. And there are three grandchildren. And it's very, very important to Catherine and me, my wife, to Catherine and me for all the kids. Well, first of all, Catherine did a magnificent job of raising our children. Don't ask the kids. They'll have a different opinion. <laughs> they'll, they'll disagree with me on that one. But she did. She did a great job. And that's why the, the whole idea of doing this podcast from a family perspective is not sticking it down. Somebody, Look, we have a great family and you don't. That's not what this is about at all. It's about having Andy Bombeck come on and say, you know, this is how it should be done. You guys are doing a great job with it. Well, I'm trying to do the best job we possibly can. This is a this is the message we want to send to everybody who listens to this podcast is 
it's nothing wrong with showing somebody some affection and some true love and telling someone, you know, I really admire you and I'm really lucky to have you in my life. It's a huge thing. Don't you think that's very, very important right now, Andy? I oh I I 100% do. I mean I think what that's one there there might be like very few silver linings in the COVID pandemic, but that was one of the yeah. the silver linings. Yep. Is that you know families really sort of like hunkered down amongst themselves and they realized how important um, they were to each other and how important it was to to have a strong family around you. And I think um, a lot of families felt, especially in the beginning, with the stay-at-home orders. Uh, just just how important it was to have to have these people in your lives and to you know and like especially when you think about grandparents and aunts and uncles like once some of the restrictions were lifted and they got to sort of get back with them i think it sort of showed how appreciative we were for our extended families as well um so i i mean there it's hard for me to say there's you know there's anything good out of covid because it was such an awful right experience. um but that's one of the few silver linings i think it did um, make people appreciate their families. Yeah, um, it's interesting because Tom came from seven children in his family, and I came from five. And mm-hmm. I just, something I, I, I was the youngest out of five, and something I observed as a child was, I mean, my brothers and my sister, we couldn't be any different from each other yeah. in so many ways. I mean, ridiculous. Yeah, you couldn't be any more different. And what's right. interesting <laughs> is... Um, Watching that, I was just one of the lessons I took into parenting was you just have to accept your children for what they are. They're going to turn out, no matter how hard you try, they might not want to be exactly what your vision is for them. Well, 30% of your personality is predetermined. I agree. I would say it's even more. I just read this whole thing about genetics. Just genetics. So you're just a cool breeze because I'm your dad. That's Is exactly, that what you're saying? You're That's cool exactly it's a cool breeze. There's a gene on the fourth chromosome okay, yeah. cool called the cool breeze gene. <laughs> Mr. Bombeck, I just looked at the clock. We held you for seven oh. minutes longer than we were so supposed sorry. to. Uh, well, that's, that's what happens when you talk about parenting. You know, it's just, it's, oh, yeah. you can never stop. Well, can, can you um, be yeah. our go-to guy? I would love to reach out to you once in a while. I love your take on what, what family is all about. I, I seriously, modern parenting, whatever kind, whatever works. I just love your attitude about it. It's very, very important, and I wish a lot of other people were much better at it than they are. So they should read your book, don't you think? Yeah, I, I, I would love for them to read my book. It's available pretty much anywhere you buy books. So if you um, if you buy them online or you buy them in brick and mortar stores or you go to the library, hopefully uh, you have no problems finding the book and read it. And I'd love to interact with people even. Um, you know, readers can, can get me through social media. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. And I would love to hear what people think about, about the book. Andy, did you come up with a title for the book? I wish I did. You know, I, Great I, title. I, my original title was very boring. It was, it was you know, <laughs> basically it was parent as a verb. Um, like, so it was just called parent and then parentheses verb. Like it would look like in a dictionary. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, I thought that was really clever. And the editor said, I got a really good one for you. Long days, short years. And the more I thought about it, that was the perfect title because I think it's such a good encapsulation of what modern parents are feeling. You know, like this awful stress of, of trying to get it all right and, and how tiring and exhausting it can sometimes feel. And then before you know it, it's all over. And then you feel like, yeah. I, did all this, I had all this anxiety, all this stress, all these pressures, and did I ever have a time to enjoy it? And that's a real, real you know, conundrum that modern parents are facing. 
I think it's wonderful. Andy Bombeck, B-O-M-B-A-C-K, Long Days, Short Years, A Cultural History of Modern Parenting. It's on Amazon and available everywhere. And if you go on a book tour, Andy, you got to come by and do an in-studio show. That'd be wonderful. Oh, I would, I would love to do that sometime. Thank you guys again for... Uh for having me on this was a really fun interview i can tell you guys have a great time every <laughs> even off air it sounds like you guys are thank you mr bombeck great talking to you sir all right thanks Bye. everyone if you're fascinated by aliens ghosts cryptid creatures like bigfoot then i have the show for you the paranormal 60 with dave schrader each week we investigate different claims of the supernatural bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms pocket cast amazon music audible podcast addict Podchaser, google Podcasts, Castbox, spotify iHeartRadio, radio and apple podcasts the paranormal 60 with dave schrader tommy do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue you mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. At... Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J.Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Well, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Hey, this is Brian Zepp. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding planned. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, metric cruiser, or sport bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. I loved him. I thought he was yeah. great. Alex hit it earlier, and he hit it at the end. 
that whole reminder to stop and enjoy it right now right. No is doubt. such a big deal because it goes oh, yeah. by no so doubt. fast. Oh, yeah. And you think back of all the times you missed that you didn't just stop and say. Because people spend so much time thinking, oh, I should have done this in the past or I want to do this in the future. And they don't stop and it just say, away. right now yeah. I'm here. And it, this is yeah. the coolest thing in the yeah. world. Sometimes you know? it is hard, though, because you're, oh, if you're sleep yeah. deprived and mm-hmm. your kid's been being really, really obnoxious oh, for yeah. a while and you're... You know, it, there, there can just be a lot of challenges. Oh yeah, no and doubt it is about it. it is sometimes hard, and that's okay too. When parenting is is hard. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was easy then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. then everybody'd have twenty kids. Yeah. yeah. Plus, there's this whole thing that I wouldn't want my boys to live through what I lived through. Exactly. You know, I mean, I. The freedom. I mean, I was like a feral cat at times. And <laughs> yeah. I never would, oh, know, we all were too. Know? We were free range I mean, kids. Like yeah. I said, stay out of their way. Feral follow cat. the rules. You were good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the idea of all the fights I was in and all the different things I was exposed to. I, I never want them to have to go through that. Yeah. You know. But and it was weird because he talked about you know this idea that that one kid would tell the other kid you know I want to punch you but I won't. I don't think there i think there's kids that don't even have that automatic thought of i I, like i don't see sage and fawn everything i want to punch you but i won't you know i yeah you know it's it's a different mindset you know Well, and there's uh, i'm trying to think of it doesn't happen until eight that kids actually start thinking that their their actions affect other people yeah they don't yeah, have yeah, that part true. of their brain yeah. developed. They don't so have it's empathy like, yet. Yeah. And, like, my kids are really good at labeling their emotions and saying, but I constantly am doing that at home and telling them what it is and how you can do it and stuff. But they don't have the, you know, I'm mad at you because you did this and I feel like this, but I need to do this instead. Like, Fawn is good at, I'm really upset, I'm going to go up to my room because she just has that's where she can calm down and whatever but yeah it's interesting the whole watching them develop different skills emotional mm. skills because <clears throat> i don't know and oh geez. <clears throat> something that i've been thinking about a lot lately with parenting is i parent differently and my kids act differently around you guys that oh, yeah. is very they true they always oh, have kids, kids will act it's different, different yeah. 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 yeah yeah i remember yeah. You, you having your friends over and i'm going who is this girl yeah <laughs> she just acts completely <laughs> different around her friends it's like i don't I know, even know who she mm-hmm. is i know and it's interesting because it's like i feel like you don't really see a lot of the parenting things that i do because when i'm around you i don't do them well what's interesting though is they act because completely different around us when you're not around no, too. exactly <laughs> yeah and so it's just like the, yeah. our what we have going on at home is one way and then sure. what happens in front of other people yeah, is because a you different got the, way you got the stressors of going and dealing with other people and not yeah. being in your little environment that's yeah. I, I think it's that's how it is for all of us oh no absolutely <laughs> but it's just i've been trying to be more conscious about treating them the way that i treat them at home around mm. you oh well, and it's wants hard very much it's... to get a reaction from oh yeah especially nana and bob bob oh yeah Yes. Reactions are all she cares about. So are you making the whole list of all things Andy's doing wrong? All of them. See what this did for me now is we're gonna have to get this done before I get much older, you know, like within the next five years. I have to have Andy and Alex uh, hop on my foot and 
walk around like a dinosaur, like we used to when. I think we uh, might break your ankles. Yeah, that's a little on, weird. Wait, what? <laughs> Hop on your foot and walk around like dinosaurs. You know, they would sit grab your, on sit on your foot, and then yeah. you grab the, the dad's leg, and you'd walk around like a dinosaur. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, it was oh. fun. I, I, I always did the sack of potatoes where I throw oh, both on my shoulders right. and walk sack them both of on my potatoes, shoulders, baby. And that got harder and harder oh, as time went by. Bye, and now it just be like. But you should have children when you're young. Yeah. You've got a strong back. What is the? Oh, I was going to ask Andy. What is the average age of the first-time mother now? Uh, let's see here. I've actually I think looked that's higher in their thirties. I'd say. Yeah. Oh, I have really? a lot of friends Although, that are thirty-three that don't have kids yet. It's not that high. Are they planning? It would be one hundred and four. Yeah. That'd make her what thirty-four when you were born. Um, Is she that old? Let's see. No, she's thirty-one. She's thirty-one. Wow, so she really? should be one hundred and one. She'd be one hundred and one now. Yeah. Right. Well, you're, you're also the youngest, first though. Time, I'm like saying oh, first I'm about time, I'm to be 80. Or she's turning 80 any minute. In 1980, 20. the average age at first birth was 22.6, mm-hmm. and wow. now it is 26.9. Wow. Really? Four years. It's gone 26? Up, That's surprising. Years. It's gone up over four years in uh, just... 30, and I think 40 getting, years. And I think it's going to continue to trend older. Really? Yes, it will. Yeah. Well, it's also a reduced number of kids, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's an interesting thought, the idea that when you had four or five kids, they could entertain each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now well, that's with what, one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Bob Sansevier has five, and he's like, once you get past three, they start entertaining mm. each other and being able to take care of each other. He's like, three is the hardest. Well, zone. That's when you got to go from man to man to yeah. double well, team. Yeah. They can hang up against you, too. I I nannied a family (laughs) with three kids, and they were extremely sweet. But I nannied them all throughout college. And I remember the mom one time, like, took me in a corner and, like, looked me dead in the eye and was like, when you have kids, don't let them outnumber you. (laughs) 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 She was, like, very serious about it. I was like, okay. Yeah, that's zone. See, that's why I love doing this show. Honest to God, this guy was a perfect guest for this show today. I yeah. agree. And he was, he was scheduled for another day, and I was like, let's put him in on Monday. Yeah, that's yeah. a good thing. He used thing. a couple yeah. words I wasn't too sure about, though, but it was interesting. He used oh, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that? He used a, a, a definition for more problems that was like, oh, uh, I... I yeah, not problematic. It well, was, pro- he kept it using was, problematic as a or a word like. He said problem. it different. Yeah, yeah but differently. Before yeah. that, he used a word to talk Pro- about problemic? multiple problems. Problematic, yeah. I think. It was which uh, I, was interesting. Yeah. So is that we a word? Have, Maybe English well, is problematic. Problematic is a word. Yeah. Is it? Problematic. Yeah, but it wasn't problem. Problematic. Was, I think what he. No, he was uh, using problem. I can't remember. <laughs> Great. We just talked to him, but we can't remember. He said something. But the word he used for multiple problems is pretty cool because it was like all-encompassing for Mm. lots of problems. Anyone in the chat have any idea what they're talking about? (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about? I don't either. I have no idea. What did we just get done talking about? Please. Uh, We have some questions for Alex. Oh. Listener. Listener Monday or whatever the hell it's called. What do we call it? Focus Friday. Focus Friday, it. but yep. it's Monday. Focus, well, it was Focus what? Friday. So okay. on Friday, we more information. Highlight. <laughs> All right. We highlight one of the cast members of the show. Okay. So last week it was Dad, and yes. we said, okay, if you have any questions for Dad, oh, ask okay. him here. And then okay. on Monday, we'll field them. Okay. So this week it's Alex. You're next, Mom. Oh, I think God. you are next. Oh God. We have a few. Oh boy. Um, the first one I could actually field for you. How long does it did it take to sign your long name? 
<laughs> Remember buying the house when you were Alexandra Brant Bernard? Uh, I do not have a signature that looks like anything. That helps, It's yes. just a bunch of scribbles, so not long enough. <laughs> it does not look like any letters. Yeah, I don't have a signature, so it took me 8,000 years. Yeah, see, I used to sign my name when I was younger. Me too. It's just not worth it. Alex Brant Bernard. Mm -hmm. I just signed that. But then I saw, yeah, Dad, your signature is just a bunch of loops. Yep. <laughs> and so yeah. mine, mine's just a bunch of scribbles. So it didn't take long at all, which was a really good transition to do before having to buy a home. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> you literally have to sign your name like 40, 50 times. Oh, my God. DocuSign yeah. is a godsend. It is, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, half, that's with DocuSign. That's yeah, not even I know. because... When you get to the bank, you have to actually yep, sign it. The bank it. requires yeah. mm -hmm. everything to be yeah. in writing. With yeah. a black pen. <laughs> uh, people remember when we had video that you are all, were basically always eating something. <laughs> always. Every day. Basically, yes, she still is. Still she, got you can't right tell, but... I don't eat. These aren't for me, though. What would you generally eat? Bring it, into the show? Bring like, into the those show? Those bowls that you would have. Oh, yeah. Smoothie bowls. Mystery bowl. Delicious. And people thought they were... Black piece or black bean soup, uh, yeah. chocolate pudding. Chocolate people pudding, would, yeah. People chocolate would make pudding. these <laughs> assumptions on what it was. And I'm like, it's a smoothie bowl. And they're like, why is it brown? Mm. Because I add spinach to them and it makes it, because it's originally purple. So, yeah, the acai it's berries bowls. and stuff, yeah. Yeah, they're dark. Mm. And it's like it was, um, I'm trying to think, berries, acai, peanut butter, cacao seeds. Kick. Or Jeez. cacao nibs, not seeds. Um, yeah, spinach. It's a lot of antioxidants. I'm trying yeah. to remember. And it was topped with granola, strawberries, and bananas. What did you used to get over at the other building? Didn't you used to get something at the cafe downstairs? Oh, yeah. In Acme? Yeah. 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 I used a, to get those sandwiches all the something, time. Oh, yeah, it was some good. sort of sandwich that just had a ton. I think it was like called Mother Earth oh, Sandwich or okay. something like that yeah. that had... 8,000 vegetables. That's where oh, we used to get the pizza, so too. Oh, those we stoners, my God. Pizza. Those stoners that would take yeah. them a year and a half to make a, to make a coffee. Yeah. Honey. Make yeah. Yeah. Go would, in and take 20 bong hits yeah, to make I'd, something. <laughs> I'd, I'd order God. my sandwich, go upstairs, wait like 20 minutes, go back downstairs, and sometimes it wouldn't be done. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, can you call me when mm -hmm. it's ready? I'm just upstairs. Send me a postcard. Yeah, but yeah, I'm always, I eat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. eat. Me too. Are you doing the frozen ones from Costco? Uh, I can't because Sage consumes all of them. Okay. Mm. Yeah, my my friend Shelly said her daughter eats all of them. Yes. They're so delicious. And what are they? Two in a row. Frozen acai bowls from, from Costco. Costco. Oh, they're yeah. quite small. Do you put them so in the microwave? Not. What do you do? You can leave them out on the counter for 30 minutes. Oh. Or you can microwave them. It's like 30 seconds, and then you flip the frozen chunk of acai bowl, and then you mic it for another 30 seconds, and then you add the granola and coconut on top. That's oh, okay. Nicole Simpson, you know, leave it out on the counter. Yeah. <laughs> just leave it out. Yeah, exactly. And, issue. yeah, Sage will the just... The ice cream that was on the counter that they figured out when he killed... What? You know, oh, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I was wondering See? where you went, where your, where your brain <laughs> went there. <laughs> Speaking of based on the decomposition of this ice cream. Yes. You know that. Do you have more questions for Alex? A uh, couple. Okay. Uh, I, want a, I want a Fight Club question, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> fight club. Joe wants to know what you thought of the cookbook that he got you for Christmas just before Fawn was born, so that's seven years ago. Oh my gosh, that Do was you recall such the cookbook if you can even seven remember. years ago? I remember him sending me a cookbook. 
and I remember liking it. Joe, do you remember what it was called? Because yeah, I don't what think was it called? She does. I still have no. I don't remember what it was called. It was. It's on my cookbook shelf. Seven years is a long time. Yeah, it is a long time. And two kids also just yeah. makes your brain yeah not so. But I remember him sending me that, and I remember really liking it because I still cooked quite a bit when Fawn was a baby because she just would like sit and hang out. But then since having Sage, I haven't. I mean, I still oh, yeah. I still cook, but not from books much because I just need no. to do like quick things. McDonald's. Not that. No yeah, McDonald's. I bet she's not going to No, no nuggets. Like tonight Is he we're having nuggets yet? No, he's not old enough to eat. No. Like tonight you're well, having leftovers from Golden Valley. Yeah, we wouldn't give him. We wouldn't give him McNuggets. You having Golden Valley leftovers tonight? No, the kids are having that for lunch. I'm sure. No. The place turned out fine. Just so you know. <laughs> well, I mean, he's nine months old. Yeah, I know. The uh, sodium yeah. would probably kill him. Yeah, like, and you're not doing like that. literally right. kill yeah, him. Too. Yeah. Salty yeah. food until yep. yeah. one. One at least. At they least. have to be drinking water on the regular. Oh. All right. So Alex, you have to tell your kids of this that they owe me. What? So I ran to the store to grab a couple of things, and I there they were as I'm walking out. I looked to the side, and there they are. What? Cow the cowtails. I don't know why you started this whole cowtail thing. I didn't good. start it. No. Cowtails? Don't he look at me. They're, it's a, they're Oreo brandy. They are. And it's like this rope that's like a foot long, and it's like a gummy Oreo cookie flavored outside, and then the inside is like quite a delicious. It's very delicious. It's really weird sounding. <laughs> it's I mean, very t- weird. But yeah, he bought some, and then now my kids are all obsessed. Into cowtails. Cowtails. Trader Joe's had a deal like. Five for three mm. bucks. Well, Trader Joe's has cowtails. Yeah. I think that's where I got. They don't have Oreos because they they, they don't got know, they the JoJo's. JoJo's. Yeah. yeah. There they you must go. Oh, maybe. I, okay. So, so they get, get them at Lunds, Byerly's. Yeah. I'm sure you can get them anywhere. I don't know. They're kind Probably. of like squishy meringue. Almost. I never remember seeing them, no, and now I've they're never, everywhere. I've never heard. I've seen them once. They were very popular a long time ago, and then they kind of fell out of favor. And I guess now they're back. Like cowtail taco. I I had only had one cowtail in my life like 20 years ago. Oh, I didn't even remember those. Yeah, they're I had never heard of a cowtail until he was like, "I got the kids' cowtails." I was like, "I don't know." But here's my favorite part of it. Oh Lord. So they go by, and oh, there's the cowtail. So I grabbed. Maybe eight of them. Mm-hmm. Four of you. How flavor. many got home? Yeah. All eight. They're still eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I here's my 12, favorite part. But I'll say eight. But here's my favorite part. Yeah, the cashier takes them out and goes, what are these? And she holds it up in the air. And the bagger goes, wait a minute, let me see that. Then the people, the three people at the next cash register came over. To look, they got five full-grown full adults looking at cow tails at Lunds and Byerly. I have no idea. I've never, I I know. never seen these. Now, that you've, upon now them. that you've heard it, though, you'll probably you'll see, see them like three them. times this week. Oh, they were introduced in about an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> they were introduced in 1984. Really? Just before I was I don't born. remember them at all. They look like I remember buying sticks. them for the kids. Uh, uh, I can oh, find no. an unwrapped one, probably. Yeah, Let's no, see I, here. I still yeah. don't. Look I at don't those. remember I still them. Don't them. Yeah, they look like that. Hmm. It's like a, um, a Tootsie Roll, but not at all. Hmm. It's a Tootsie They're Roll. They're very difficult not. to describe. Not at all. So yeah, not. we're loaded with cowtails now, so we're good to go. Yeah. Okay. Are there more questions? Where's that? Are there questions? Um, well, there's a joke question. Oh, a Lord. joke question. I mean, maybe it's a real question, but I <laughs> kind of doubt it. What's it like to have a cool mom and an okay dad? <laughs> oh, yeah, Who's that? Is it my friend? <laughs> Was it you? Well, no. 
probably your brother who's in there. It was a Bill. I don't know if he wants me to say his last name oh, on the air. Cool so I'm not going to say it. Do I know Bill? I don't know. It's, yeah, it's Alex, great. answer the question. It's, it's just <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that the last one? Anyway. She's, uh, she's claiming being she's Switzerland right now. Yep. Uh, yep, that's uh, that's Focus Friday. So no yeah. fight club question. No, no fight, fight club. club. I don't well, even can, when we get to you you can do fight club questions. Uh, yeah. Well, I just, the, yeah, her, why did you should have phony, sent in a her, her phony book club. club. Well I thought it was Catherine next. I was waiting for yours. <laughs> oh, no, no. it have to be me next. She's it next could week. be Jude, yeah. it could be so, Andy. So Catherine, what's it like to have cool kids but an okay husband? If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Casts, Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common-sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com because life is expensive enough. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit saberheating.com. There's an article in the Wall Street Journal today, Why is Airline Travel So Miserable? Just Blame Florida. Wait, what? (laughs) It says Blame Florida. They're really trying to go after Florida for any reason they can think of. They really, they've been doing that for a good year and a half. I've noticed it. Oh, here we go. The state's obstacle course jams up airspace over some of the U.S.'s most popular vacation spots. Oh, it's, it's a a traffic issue. Look at this. Holy Hannah. Look at those flights that go into Florida every day. Oh, I'm oh. Sure. It's, hot. it's hot in hurricane season. What are they doing oh, down there? God. So, so the issue is to blame in Florida for because of the role they play in the traffic overall. Yeah, it's just country. so I many guess, flights yeah. go into huh. Florida. My God. Huh. Are people still moving like crazy? Or is there still... Uh, it's cooling down. Well, it's the prices are cooling down. Oh, they well, are. Well, that is for so sure. So I think we're going to see a lot more moving in the coming year or two when I, houses are more reasonable. Like I said, well, the car buying bubble burst. Yeah. Yeah, and Andy bought a car. Mm-hmm. Although rent is going insane. Rent is insane. Is it really? They're, they're, they're paying 22 
a month in New York, and now they think they're going to go up to five a month. How five grand a month? How in the hell would you go from twenty-two to five on on normal people? It's all foreign investors who don't give a crap. Well, but uh, who are they going to rent these things to? You know, I rich yuppie types. There's plenty of them. Believe me. I used to have three roommates when I was you know fresh out of college. Or that what you're going to have to do again. Yeah, that's true. An increase like that's just. Un- insane. But 60 G's a year in rent? Yeah. Holy God. There's enough people desperate to live in New York that they would pay it. Because yeah, they think that living in New York City... Salaries are higher there. Well, that is true. And when you're renting, you're not paying HOAs and you're not paying property taxes. But it's not like you're sitting around And you around get a rent with, credit back. If you pay 25 and it goes up to 5, it's not like you're sitting around an extra 25 that just happens to be no, around. No, you're just going to have to get you a know? roommate that pays half the rent. Yep. That's, that's the only way to well, do yeah, it. Well, yeah, that's going to be only the... only way to do it. The, but that's crazy. Or don't live in New York. I don't know. I, I think this inflation is going to cause people to move to places that are cheaper to live. I for think so, sure. yes. It's going to have you to. You know what's amazing about that is Catherine and I, in 1978 or nine, something like that... <clears throat> Rented a house on 20th Street and 2nd Avenue in New York City. Oh, it had a balcony. It was an apartment. Did I say, what did I say? You said house. Well, yeah, it was an apartment, yeah. It was an apartment, a uh, two-bedroom apartment with a living room. It had a deck overlooking the city. You could sit out there on the deck. It was phenomenal. Matter of fact, you used to play wiffle ball out there with Kelly, yeah. Kelly West. But so it had all the stuff right in the heart of, Man- you know, lower Manhattan. Twelve hundred bucks a month. Yeah, yes, twelve hundred a month. But, the, but that was with a roommate. Adjusted you for inflation. Paying, so is twenty two. You said nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, that's about right. Adjusted for inflation, that's five thousand dollars. Yep. So there you go. It's the same. There price. you go. That's amazing. Yeah, it was hell. It's a lot never been an affordable city to live in ever. No, no. no New well, York unless is not you were willing to work. Well, there were a lot of places that were really, really sketchy. Well, I mean, yeah. Those if have you all been gentrified, though. There's nothing left. Sure. There's nothing left. I still. Do you ever hear my first conversation in New York as a traveler, Mike? No. First one ever. First time I ever flew into New York. I fly into uh, LaGuardia. And I hop in a taxi, headed into the city. We're going through the Midtown Tunnel, get out of the tunnel, and I look, and you know the the medallion has the driver's picture and his name oh, on it? Oh, okay. The medallion? <laughs> Not the medium, because sometimes I hear people call that a medallion. It's like, oh, yeah. let's hear what he's about to say. Nah. Okay. It was an actual yeah. medallion. <laughs> okay. But I'm looking at it, uh-huh. and it's got his name on there. Mm-hmm. So I said, so, what do you got uh, planned for later on today, Francisco? And there's a long pause, and he goes... Familiarity breeds contempt. Familiarity. <laughs> How great is that? That's New York. Familiarity, though. Yep. I like that. Not familiarity. Familiarity breeds contempt. Yep. And I just, I said, God, I'm home. This yep. is wonderful. I just love this. Quite a place. Uh, well, I do. I, I love New York City. Always have, always will. Well, of course, I haven't lived there in years and years no, now I, because. Too many Yankee hats. A lot of Yankee my hats. My blood pressure just keep going up. Because I just to, see a Yankee you, hat, my blood pressure goes up. Why do you have to mention baseball? Why? Two and a half oh, out. Oh, to the Twins, yeah. Why Two and a half out. It's twins. a good time to swoon, though. If you're going to swoon, right now is nice. the best well, time that's to swoon. true. That now, you've got to come back. And what's unfortunate is they didn't bounce back after the trades. You know, you were you, hoping after the trade deadline you'd get that extra boost. Yeah, they didn't get yeah. that. They've got a lot of injuries. They need infielders to come back. But bullpen sucks. Well, well bullpen, yeah. They, 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 they do not address the bullpen. Same way the Red Sox haven't. I don't get it. But, you know, I, I like old-time baseball versus just anybody can 
pinch. I mean, one more loss for the Twins, they could be in third place. Yeah, that's right. They're, they're tied right now in Chicago. You know what place. could start yeah, happening? Choke. What? You know what could start happening? <laughs> what? The wild card battle between the Sox and the Twins. Oh, God. So far in my whole life, I've stayed out of a battle between those two teams. They've never played each other in the playoffs. I've never had that. But we may actually get to the point where i got to start getting a little mercenary here. They've never played each other in the playoffs. No, no. I did they, not know been, that. They've always been, well... It, not since you know they they the, the last time it ever became significant was 60, uh, 67, and that was you know I was three years old. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I, miss, I missed that one. But yeah, I suppose, um, yeah, the rest of them no, they've never. They Yankees have always knocked them off. So yeah, that's true. Never have had the Red Sox Twins battle. Are Yankees as good as they look? Um, they that loss of King is really big. Yeah, that's um, true. That was huge as far as their bullpen goes, and and I think they rely upon people that don't come through when it comes down. Like I would not want to rely upon Judge and Stan personally, but you know, I, I the hat gives me angina. So. <laughs> <laughs> I had a heart attack just looking at a Yankee. Yeah, I hat. was thinking about that yesterday. This young woman's walking along the street. She was wearing a Yankee hat, and I didn't like her immediately. <laughs> it's like I've decided you're not. You're yeah. not my kind of person. Yeah. That's what, the way you Still, looked at that. One of my favorite things, I was on the back of an airplane. This guy comes walking on. He's wearing a Yankee shirt. And I look at him and said, laundry day. And he's like, Red Sox fan. That was it. That was <laughs> oh, he knew it. <laughs> he knew it. Laundry day, Red Sox fan. Yep. See, he had you nailed. Yep. There we go. There's no question about it. i got to ask you guys a question. I'm not going to get too deep into this. But, you know, this headline is in the paper this morning. Target makes strides to better serve black customers. Don't you just serve everybody the same? That'd be kind of, can we ever get to a point where we're all going to be treated the same, do you think? Target somebody, is pandering they to really a are. disgusting level. That's because well, their stock they, went down. They've yeah. always done it in, in different levels. They've just got caught doing it at times, and it's been a problem. Um, you know, like Target was the one that got caught sending out all the, the pregnancy mailings. You know, because they had a they that had was their automated al- system, that, that, algorithm yeah. that mm-hmm. figured out who was pregnant, and then they'd send oh, them a whole okay. bunch of coupons, and suddenly parents were like, Whoa, "Wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why am Jeez. I suddenly getting a whole bunch of pregnancy issues? You know, like diapers and well, mm-hmm. they yeah, signed up for the registries, right? No, no, no this no, was like, like an yeah. algorithm that figured out who was pregnant. Ooh, yeah, like, yeah. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, exactly. it's not like, you know, like this complicated AI thing. It's like, you know, young girls were going in and buying pregnancy yep. tests and baby clothes. So oh. it's like, you know, duh, they're pregnant. But their parents didn't know until they got mail saying, hey, you bought these baby clothes. Maybe you'll like this, yeah. too. And then all of a sudden they were like, oh, yeah, I have to uh, tell everyone that I'm pregnant now. I recently cleaned out my jewelry box. Oh, that must have taken forever. And, you know, I All of your I gemstones. Picked up, I picked up, uh, <laughs> exactly. oh, yes, my many, many diamonds and things. Uh, I, I picked up this, this pendant that I've had for a long time. It's a coin pendant, and those have kind of been out of fashion for a while. And I was looking at it, and I was like, oh, I wonder if I should keep it, if I should sell it, if I should la, 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 la. I wondered to myself, all of a sudden, on some social media stuff, I get all of these ads for coin yeah. jewelry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're yes, reading right. my mind now. No, It's they're... reading my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's very somehow. terrifying yeah. to me. I didn't, have, I didn't have my phone even in the room. Mm. Huh, that's weird. Yeah. I'm sure you said something about it. You must it have from... said something to Dad or something. No. Yeah. Okay. 
I don't know. I don't Whatever you. I don't remember you talking about that. Tell me, reading your mind. They're reading your mind. They're implanted. If it's that advanced, it doesn't matter anymore. It really doesn't matter. That is, yeah, it's over. That's I didn't like that at all. I'm like, wait a minute. Coin jewelry isn't in again. Why am I getting coin pendant? There'd be a whole bunch of people. You'd start reading their mind and be like, what the hell is that about? I think it's really creepy. How in the hell did you put that together? Yeah. Yeah, how did they put that together? I don't know. I mean, you, you have no idea why you got all this nope. stuff. No. Nope. God, I, see, that's unsettling to me. That's the one thing about I digital didn't. that I just hate. I see, I've never had that happen. But I also don't go on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. I don't so. either. Yeah. But I don't there either. is that. Facebook is the worst. Okay, I want to ask you guys this question. I already asked Mom yesterday. Mm-hmm. I keep getting notices from who the hell ever that somebody's trying to access my laptop camera. Yeah. Why would they be doing that? They That's probably a, aren't. Those are scams. They aren't. Oh, yeah. they probably aren't? Yeah. yeah. Well, now, well, have you gotten a Did long email about how they accessed it and they got all these pictures of you they're going to send everybody? Oh, yeah, everyone's got so one of those. So send them $5 yeah, got, billion yeah, dollars and they'll those, stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep. you just send that out. You just send yeah, it go out. Right go ahead. Right good luck you know, to you. Good luck with that. Were you getting a whole bunch of them saying that you're... Some, some bank account and you don't even bank at the bank. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I was getting uh, a yeah. lot of those. It's insane. We were getting calls from somebody that was trying to cash Bradshaw and Bryant checks. And so they sent it to us and look at it. Well, first they spelled Bradshaw wrong well, <laughs> on the check. And then too, it's like, uh, we never, we have never banked at that bank yeah. that they're doing it from. It's like, who would take this thing? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But the spelling of our name wrong was a big hit. You know? Yeah, that's not good when they spell yeah. the name wrong. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. I've gotten Bernard and Barnhart. Yeah. I've gotten those, so oh, that's yeah. good. Catherine Brandit. Yeah. Catherine Brandit, oh, I yeah. remember like when... Telemarketers used to call and answering the phone and yeah, is Catherine uh, Brandit? There? I love Catherine that. Brandit. I love the Brandit because then I knew to hang up on yeah, them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, then, then you don't kind of get an idea where it came from. Yeah, you know, at least you know, you got that thing going. Yeah. yeah, probably not an area with a lot of German heritage in it. Probably not. Okay, I'm going to send this around the table. We can start with you, Alex. Re- right. React to this, and then Mom, then Andy, and then Michael Bryant. I'm outraged. This is. <laughs> I want to. It just it's a different level of how are these people cool and this person isn't. That's. that's what it is. Go ahead. No, this makes me nervous. That's why I'm asking you guys what you think of it. This makes me very nervous. Uh, this is in the Star Tribune. It's an opinion piece in the Star Tribune today, and the headline is: Long haul trucking has problems. Going driverless is a solution. They've been saying that for years. I yeah. don't. I, it's oh, not. It's not going to happen. Semis driverless. Yeah, oh. I mean, I think it's more of one of those things that's like, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. That would solve Maybe, so oh, many problems. Right. Yeah, you're probably Maybe right. 300 oh, years from now, but yeah. I mean, you'd have to have all cars oh. to be it because you'd sync it on timing. That's how you'd work. Is you'd have yeah. them all on the road and they could all sync on who goes on here. Yeah. But if one of them doesn't, that's the wild card in the bunch. Well, see, that's you know? the whole problem. Yeah. Is that one goes bad, we're screwed. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the issue is driverless cars can't really do anything about snow, for example. That's true. So yeah. it's like in the winter in Minnesota where you cannot see the lines on the road right. at all. Right. Driverless cars, they're years and years from even being able to try 
Because if you notice all these driverless car startups, they're in like Texas or Southern mm-hmm. California. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Or it never rains, it never snows, mm-hmm. it never does anything. Yeah, it doesn't. Although, if you watch some drivers, it might not be much different. Well, yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> it's a bad yeah, driverless yeah. car might have as good a shot I think, as some drivers. Why aren't trains driverless? Uh, that is so, a great question. Well, some are, aren't they? Some are, I think. I think a lot of the Japanese yeah. Well, the Japanese ones, like the bullet trains, they have a conductor. But I think it's almost more like a formality or like an emergency kind of thing. Because yeah. if something breaks, you know, the AI isn't going to be able to do anything about it. Because all it knows is break here, accelerate here. Because trains makes a lot more sense because it's a track. Yeah, yeah it's a track. You, you don't right. steer. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, if steer. Got and if the switching is automatic mm-hmm. because of the route, that seems to me that that would be. There are, I mean, there's, uh, I think uh, Minnesota actually has some driverless uh not the light rail. Well, the light rail system, maybe. Yeah, they've got somebody on it, I think. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Well, hey. Uh, but then, maybe. I'm not doing this in a negative way. I gotta believe unions are involved. Also. Well, I'm sure they are. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm wondering. Maybe yeah. Wendy knows the answer. <laughs> Wendy, Wendy. Or maybe Wendy. she's calling about something completely different. She forgot to she's ask. She's got Alex fight a club question. questions for Alex. <gasps> fight club question. Yeah. Well, I know that my my family used to own a trucking company. We got rid of it about ten years ago, and you don't. No, you really don't want driverless trucks. No, because the one so. thing that you, well, the one thing that you encounter is there is no algorithm that can consider people who are not very good drivers. Yeah, yep. that's the thing. Oh God, cutting off trucks and oh, brake checking them and yes. stuff. Yeah, yeah, and that's I mean, other driver in a, issue. In a perfect world, people, if they see it, you know, if they look left, look right. If they look left and they see a semi truck coming then they don't try to go through the thing, you, you know, the, the, the intersection. But in real life, people do try to do that. They, right. don't, even, they don't even look. So oh, it's no. unfortunately, it's something that's problematic. And if it happens, I'd be real curious to see what happens because they would be programming it logically. Yeah. It would take a really long time for AI to figure out what the you know what the rules of each different thing are and how people are going to react uh, it would there would be a lot of people who would be in really serious accidents you know what's amazing is there's a big ad running right now it's a public service announcement and i don't remember who sponsors it but it shows these driverless cars and they put mm-hmm. uh, they stand a dummy very human looking dummy every one of them ran right over the guy every one of them so I don't really want to get run over yeah. by a driverless car. Mm-hmm. I no. mean, in, in theory, it's a great, you know, in theory, it's a very promising idea. Yeah. But in practice, you can't, you know, you can't program things for the illogical thinking of others. Well, and the problem is, who, if you go driverless, who's going to beat up Michael Bryant when he cuts him off? <laughs> yeah. Who's going to follow yeah. him? <laughs> Who's going to follow him? Yeah, yeah. He had a meeting. He wasn't following yeah. me. Um, I got a meeting, bro. Oh, that's right. I got a meeting, bro. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bob Franklin says the Mayo mm-hmm. has a driverless shuttle. Oh. So there is that. Oh, the Mayo. Where's yeah, but that's, that's for that on rail again. Or... That's on rails, right? Is it on rails? I don't know. Oh, and I think when we had the Super Bowl here, they had some driverless Oh, did they? And they've been doing, like, driverless buses and I stuff. Feel. But like I said, in the winter... There's really not a whole yeah, lot Yeah, the can sensors do. are going to get covered with slush. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it relies on being able yeah. to see the lines yeah. of the road and everything yeah, like that. Not, I don't see it happening in Minnesota anytime soon. Not for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Did you know, uh, 
this David Tomasoni. Did you know him? I know a Tomasoni. David? David, yeah. Um, Longtime Iron Range senator. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he the died. senator. Oh, did he? 69 okay. years old. That's, that's huh. I just popped on and looked at his picture, and I'm like, he died? What's his God. name? Tomasoni. Tomasoni. T-O-M-A-S-S-O-N-I. David Tomasoni yeah. battled ALS, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, no. he had, that's yeah. Ah, that's not yeah, good news. That's not a good one. Boy, I tell you, it's tough talking to Ken Herbeck when he starts talking about his dad died of ALS. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to start oh. telling me about him. It's like, wait, wait. No, 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 his dad. But that's that's a tough road to hoe. You know, he, he, you got this big big man and all the rest of it. He just he turns it into a marshmallow talking oh, yeah. about that stuff. It's yeah, just yep. amazing. Yep. Well, look at that. The show's over. Look at that. We look got, at that. Look, look at that. Yakking for an hour, a couple dog. hours. We'll go. Dude, darn, right. we never even got to the Vikings. <laughs> no. Okay, shut up. That's all. No, We're leaving. We'll no. talk to you tomorrow with the family. <laughs>